Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Tourists. I am your host Tom Jordan and I am joined as ever by the regular team, Danny McGellan. Say hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. Classic joke, never gets old. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Bean, also known as the Ghost Gimp. Hello. And paranormal expert Ross Andrews. I am him. (laughs) (laughs) He is him. Here we are back together once again talking about, I use this term loosely, our research of tales of the paranormal. (laughs) Where we will in we will in turn discuss various bits and pieces that we have found interesting to do with the world of the paranormal. I'm going to kick off with a, a brief but interesting tale that comes uh, it from, from my Tom? Uh, Peter Eldon's <laughs> oh, Amazing Spooks and Mysteries. I've never heard of this book. I always, I always <laughs> Wait, in my head what? looking at the artwork, I always remember it's an Osborne book, but it's not. It's um, published by Dean in. 1992. I just love the illustrations. So um, this is this is a little tale entitled "The Agreement." <laughs> the crux of what it's about it's it's to do loosely with communication between between the living and the dead. And essentially, what what is alleged to have happened is that a gentleman, when he was a student in Edinburgh, a, a gentleman known as Lord, and I'm going to be completely honest and say I've got no idea how to pronounce this, um, Brown Brew. Bruham, Brauham. Can, can, um, can we just check that you're just doing lots of different pronunciation? He doesn't have like a quadruple bell. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> long name. B R O U G H A M. Brom. Brom. Is that your. That's from Sam Bean there. No, it's the official. I think just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of signs. Um, I feel like I want to point out this is not unprepared. I have been staring at this name very long period of time and I still can't work out how to pronounce it but either way he uh, he had a long discussion uh, with a friend of his about about their uh, ideas on the possibility of life after death and they made an agreement as the title suggests uh, whichever one of them died first would make an attempt if possible to contact the other from the other side and they finished their studies they left Edinburgh and they largely forgot about this particular this particular subject at least the Lord in question did so however many many years later interesting little detail in here he was stepping out of his bath of all the times of all the times from someone for someone to try and get in touch from the other side he was just stepping out just of the trying bath. To have a bath i suppose it could have been worse we won't go into more details as to how it could have been worse needless to say he was stepping out of his bath and and sitting before him he saw his friend he saw his friend the aforementioned friend he'd made this agreement with he noted in his diary the day as you do as you did in those days noted in his diary the date of this particular event un- an unusual event and he discovered a few days later on the arrival of a letter from india that his friend had in actual fact died on that particular day it doesn't have the year but the 19th of december is the date on which he was allegedly visited by his friend who sat in the chair as he was getting out of the bath and it was also the date that his friend had died in india so unfortunately we don't have any more information. Like he didn't sort of say anything. Or he just physically saw. He yes, just what we think. was sitting in the chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's an entertaining little doodle of of the guy sitting in a chair waving, but I'm there is I'm no more information. That wasn't drawn in the diary. <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing it wasn't. No, yeah. and I can't find any more information. Uh, I'll continue to keep as ever. Continue to keep researching this and see if I can find out anything else I mean, about th- the these, particular these subject. Well known, mm. but th- this happens a lot. Most people will end up going. Oh, yes, a friend of mine said such and such died and they knew this straight away the similar thing is where you know where someone is about to phone you and they phone you and all that kind of stuff so yes. the idea is that you're psychically 
link to somebody so that when that person is reaching out to you psychically and you are creating an image of them within your brain because you're thinking oh I'm thinking Tom 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 and your brain's going yes he looks like blah 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 and it creates an image and so there's a possibility that the person dying on the other side of the world is giving off this huge amount of energy if you believe in this and the other person's getting the signal and all they're really getting is hang on there's a lot of energy coming from Tom sat opposite me here if he suddenly disappears then I'll tell you (laughs) and the brain goes oh I will make a picture of that because that's what we're thinking about and that's technically the idea behind it and it does happen a huge amount I mean if we ask our listeners here to write in well don't because I don't want to have hundreds of letters coming from people (laughs) 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 you'll get a load of people that say yeah that happened to my auntie Barbara when such and such died when a dog died and a hamster saw it at the bottom of the garden with a giraffe Um, so if your auntie Barbara lost her giraffe recently please get in touch My yes. mum believes in that. Whenever we see a feather, she's like, oh, look, there's my Someone's dad. getting yeah. in touch. Yeah, or perhaps a bird has just flown past, which is probably more like yeah. not wishing to belittle their... No, no, I totally uh, agree. I'm yeah. like, well, no, mum, we're outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've personally had the experience... Which is documented in a well-known book called Paranormal Channel. (laughs) My nan was very ill and was at Cheltenham uh, General, uh, which is phenomenally haunted as well. Likely that she wasn't going to make it through the week kind of thing. I was going to go see her on the Saturday morning, and as I was walking to the hospital, I could see... My nan. Now, if you know Cheltenham, I was walking. None of you do, so I'm still explaining this. <laughs> I walking do. down the Bath Road, past the uh, Boys College, which is a fantastically gorgeous sort of gothic-looking building, and that's opposite the hospital. And I was walking past this, and I could see my nan stood on the grass, sort of just by the side of the pavement, kind of looking at me, and then she just disappeared. So it was like, ah, right, okay. In my head, that was, she's probably just died. <laughs> um, came around the corner, because I was meeting my mum, who is my nan's daughter, meeting them and then we were going to the the hospital and as we came around the corner my mum and her sister were coming out of the theatre to where they'd been having a coffee on their way to the hospital and said oh we've just had a phone call from the hospital and she's just died and I went yeah yeah I know very vague weird pseudoscience in the fact as I'm saying you know she's giving off this kind of energy in some way you've known her for such a long time you're kind of tuned in to her signal or whatever and the brain's going oh that's uh She's just switched off the, the the channel and your brain goes, oh, well, I know what that channel looks like. It looks like my nan. And then it gives you a picture. The only thing I've sort of tended to find, um, and I'm sure that I'm sure there's some kind of explanation for this, but I, I find this thing a few times where I sort of go into town. There's been a few instances of this and I see some, I kind of see somebody out the corner and I think, oh, oh no, no, it's not them. Looks a bit like so-and-so, whoever it is. And I go on my merry way, and then sort of you know, twenty minutes later, I'm wandering through someone. I think, oh, no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I thought that person was whoever it was. Let's say it's Sam Bean. I think, oh man, I thought thought that was Sam Bean, and then and then I think nothing of it, and I forget. And it's, it's maybe somebody I haven't seen anyway for sort of six months, something like that. Yes, uh, a lot of this relates to your fight or flight response. Okay, um, and what your brain is doing, it's scanning through when you see something, mm. it will scan through everything it knows until it sees something. Yes, that's yes. what it, that's the closest thing I think it is. It kind of goes so, say, going back to our story about a man in the bathroom, it's, it's a bit hard to do it in that way, but yeah, if yeah. you kind of half see something out of the corner of your eye and you're thinking about that person, yeah, 
Yeah. The brain will go, oh, perhaps this is what you've just seen. Yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. fleeting glimpse. It suddenly goes, that's what I saw. And this comes back to why people see faces of ghosts a lot is because that's the first thing it will go for. If you see, and you'll see people, they'll show you photographs and go, oh, look at this face. And it's two dots yeah, and it's like uh, a pattern. Or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. your brain is going, oh well, the thing I see the most is trying to register. So it. that's what it becomes. I mean, the, the 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 additional element to this is what's happened to me a few times is I then subsequently, after thinking I've seen this person three, four, or five times, I then do see that person. Yeah, um, and they randomly, the bump, day, yeah, they? randomly bump into them in town, having not seen them for or really thought about them until that day for so if six you could start years, randomly like seeing that. lottery winning tickets, lottery winning tickets, <laughs> okay, just take note of the numbers. I mean, I mean, I mean the the one that which is, is possibly even more far fetched, but just possibly unlikely, is that maybe the first time I think I've seen that person, I have actually seen that person, yeah. just caught them. My granddad had a similar skill. Uh, I remember he came out of hospital once after a. Uh, Thank you for referring to it as a skill. <laughs> he um, affliction. Well, was well, well it's quite issue. Heard the story. Yeah. Um, he came out of Mental hospital health issue. and we'd been speaking to um, the guy that was in the bed next to him. Anyway, we sat at home and he hadn't left his flat because he'd had some quite major heart surgery, I think, on this occasion. We went round and we were like, oh, you're right, Grandad. Did you hear anything about, let's say his name was Bill, because I can't remember. Um, and we said... Uh, Wouldn't it be weird if, in actual fact, it had been Bill? Bill. Maybe it was. That's the, that's the twist. So, Dad... And I would, went to see Grandad and we said, oh, you know, have you heard anything about Bill? And he said, oh, Bill died. We were like, oh, what a shame, what a shame. And we thought, hang on, how does he know? You know, he hasn't, he hasn't left the flat. My auntie and uncle came in and um, we were like, oh, Bill died. You know, we'd all be chatting to him and he was a lovely guy. My auntie said, no, he hasn't. He didn't die. I saw him in the post office the other day. My granddad just went, oh, well, he's probably dead by now. <laughs> 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 so it's a similar sort of skill. Similar sort of but skill. But he, he yeah. killed... He he used to kill people off at will. <laughs> What's well, little round he was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually yeah, yeah, physically he, killed Just knew something Bill. that we didn't <laughs> know. Hang on. He has, well, uh, he may have died. <laughs> he may have died by now. Hang on. What poison did he use? Yeah, was that fast acting? What temperature is it? Did he um, should have suffocated by now. Didn't Quentin Tarantino make, make a, a film, film about, about it? <laughs> <laughs> on that, that note he's very happy with himself about that I think so, um, this week the paranormal tourists are going to the cinema to see <laughs> Kill Bill, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. <laughs> so let's move over to Danny have you got some exciting stuff today Danny oh thrilling yes <laughs> well this week I've been thinking a lot about Ouija boards. That's a weird thing to be thinking about. Yes, it is. It is. It's been distracting. Um, Have you been thinking about them I and then what has turned on? And then right. suddenly, <laughs> what do we find here? No, I um, Those are I Jaffa have cakes. always been quite interested <laughs> in Ouija boards. These Ouija boards are delicious. <laughs> they are lovely and tasty and light, but perhaps not a biscuit. Um, Ouija boards were actually created by Hasbro, I believe, as a toy for children shut up I will not Parker it's an brothers. audio podcast <laughs> Parker Brothers I think Parker oh Parker Brothers, brothers. I think, oh. Yeah. I think has, Hasbro Mark. certainly do yeah. make a Ouija board I feel like we might we'll chat, have to check maybe the first people to produce them on there's, mass there's several, parks. I think several. I think they've been oh, okay. around there's been an evolution they've been around really? for a long time I think However, the Victorians the, were big into but Ouija they boards were, yeah but they were originally created as a, as a children's game what? or toy what was the original objective was to 
to speak well, to the dead, just like children really? like no, to. No, 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 it was, no, it was more to do with the, your ability to communicate with your own subconscious. You weren't talking to spirits, you were talking to yourself. There was a thing called a spirit board and the Ouija boards and so on. They had various different things, but um, I'll let you carry on. Because sorry, sorry. I mean, you know much more about it, but that essentially, yeah. So it was originally a, a game. And so it's, it's now people seem to think it's kind of, you know, this really old mystical, oh my goodness, a Ouija board from the seventh century um but in fact they've only been around not so much ye olden day but ye newer day they used to sell <laughs> really really well until one year oh, when really? suddenly it dropped off completely and that was the year the exorcist came out ah. and then suddenly nobody wanted to play with them anymore because if you remember in the exorcist uh she talks to captain howdy and i think it was the first time that it had been then related to an evil like a sort of uh, to evil some extent, do- yeah i mean wow. they had been used in all seances and so on like that but the the original ouija boards because people say oh it means yes yes i was literally um, about to ask that French what is ouija well yeah. there's a couple of we, theories yeah. one is that it means yes yes which doesn't make any sense because it should say yes no yeah. <laughs> the we other know. one was that the actual company that brought them out has a ouija board session and said what do you want to be called? And the board itself said Ouija. Ouija, And spelt out Ouija on the board. And so the actual, the the game named Named itself. itself. Fantastic. But the medium that uh, was doing the seance had a locket around the neck and with a picture inside it. And apparently this is, I'm vaguely remembering this, the person of the painting was named something like, was similar name to Ouija. I can't Uh, really remember what name. Yeah, but it was, was, no, it it was a foreign sounding name, but I can't remember. It was closer to Ouija. (coughs) Oh, I'm being possessed. (laughs) (laughs) It's Captain Howdy, back for revenge. But what happened is the spiritualist church took the Ouija board and said, oh, brilliant, we can all have a go with that and start communicating with dead people. It came from the planchette and spirits talking boards and so on. And they took this and went... And, and we're really looking back at a time where Freud and subconscious and ego became such a massive thing that everyone went, oh, that sounds interesting. Why Let's don't we try talking to our subconscious? And to some extent, that's why they're so dangerous. Nothing to do with dead people that makes it dangerous. The dangerous thing is if you start messing around with your subconscious and your inner thoughts huh. without really knowing what you're talking about, you can unleash all known... Unknown kind of demons on people, and I don't mean like spiky horns going, Whoa, I will burn you. I mean, demons <laughs> that are just like deep rooted thoughts that you didn't even know you had, and so on. And suddenly, this all comes out. Now, if you are from a particular religion, that uh, can be very deep rooted going back to sort of childhood, and you're accessing thoughts that you only half understand because you were a child when you were told about people burning in hell forever and so on and so it creates these things and just goes oh well there we are that's what you want you need these people that are coming back from the dead to speak to you also if you're doing a Ouija board if you take a very scientific approach to it you will get really boring answers. <laughs> really boring. Whereas the classic Ouija board is a bunch of teenage girls all getting drunk or whatever and suddenly contacting the devil. Mm. Because they're all there's this heightened expectations of, you know, been watching a horror film, you've been whatever. And so that's what's in your head when you're doing it. Like mass so. hysteria almost. I have never done one, although I would love to try. My mother has bless her just before she levitated and yeah, her head just, fell before, out. <laughs> just before horns grew from her head now she um she and some friends decided to do a ouija board i don't know whether they'd been uh drinking probably but they were in in, in manchester and they were one of my mum's friends houses they, they they started doing it her friend had a dog who was asleep on the rug anyway they kind of they it started. died <laughs> 
Oh, you wish. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I have no information on how the dog is now, although chances <laughs> are <laughs> um, we're talking about 40 years ago. So they started doing this Ouija board. <laughs> the dog like growled or something or kind of in its sleep sort of made like a... <laughs> type noise <laughs> and they all screamed and refused to go anywhere near the board so that's like my mum's entire your experience your mum has communicated with a farting yeah. dog <laughs> yeah. so she always when I was younger she used to warn me away from messing about with things you don't understand there could be animals farting near you if you use these things um, but yeah that was her whole um, but it really it really really freaked her out <sighs> and so she never went near one again I've never done it either oh, no, they, they can be really really freaky as I said you are bringing to the Ouija board everything that you have ever learnt or half learnt in your entire life Mm. that's what you're bringing to it so if you've come from quite a a religious background that's particularly like the Catholicism where it's burning in hell and all that kind of stuff then you're going to believe even if you don't believe now at some point when you were a child you believed in these sort of demonic things and that could be what you're unleashing on the on the world yeah. uh, <laughs> if you come from another religion uh, that believes in a different type of thing that's what comes through what often comes through Ouija boards uh, not so much now but you're going back say 20-30 years people would communicate with Hitler and the evil that would come through because of that whereas now that's because that's much further in the past uh, young people aren't really going to have that on their mind whereas they might come up with something that's a bit more based on the latest horror film or mm. Game of Thrones <laughs> or something. Some the, so they'll start thinking... <laughs> so in pain, the, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Sean Bean. <laughs> Several times. He's saying, in multiple roles. When did you die? In every film. <laughs> every time Which I appear on yeah. screen. Uh, so yeah, Ouija boards, they can be hysterical. Lots of fun. But they can really freak people out. Mm. Um, we did great one paranormal festival in Cheltenham at the Playhouse Theatre we had a coffin on the stage and, oh my goodness um, empty? Yeah, <laughs> an empty empty coffin okay, on the stage sorry. but not by the end of the night <laughs> um, an empty coffin on the stage and we had a Ouija board on top of the coffin and uh, the reason we had this is you can fit quite a lot of people round this coffin that is like a little thinner table sort of thing so they're all doing this doing this Ouija board very practical and um, and then the whole evening finishes lots of the interesting things have happened and so on and so on and then a week later I got a phone call from the theatre manager and he said right we, we, we've often had complaints before and we've had you know had to deal with lots of things over my time here but this is the first time anyone has phoned me up and complained because they've taken a demon home with them after <laughs> doing a Ouija board on our stage I went what the hell I, right, and he read off the story and said yep somebody has said they're possessed from the ghost hunting night you did on the Ouija board on the stage and apparently you didn't close the Ouija board properly and um, they've taken Taken home this demon with them. Now I just I said fancy to, not closing uh, the Ouija well, yeah, exactly, yeah. He's called <laughs> Ian. He's a lovely guy, but he is a demon. That, in all fairness, that is value for money. <laughs> You should, charge event. you should charge them because now they've got to return it so we can have it for the next night <laughs> um, anyway to cut a long story short uh, there was lots of backwards and forwards of phone calls of the theatre manager just trying to get rid of this woman one of the people that was working with us decided to go and chat to this person who'd taken the demon home with them <laughs> they went round to their house and it turns out that this person was on a lot of anti-psychotic drugs anti-something drugs and something drugs oh, and they said well what, what proof you know what is it what's happened and they said well when I got up off the sofa about 30 seconds later like the cushion fell off the sofa and he went 
Right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and there was a couple of things of that ilk sort of thing. He went, well, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. But you will get, every time you do a Ouija board, someone will tell you the way you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And I have done hundreds of these things. I've heard you've got to have a silver coin on it. There's another one where you've got to smash the glass. Another one where you have to say the Lord's Prayer. Another one where... Um, you can't take your feet off the floor. Is that <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a million different ways. But every single person all over the country where people come from every corner of the country. In fact, we've had people flying from other countries to come some of our ghost hunts. Every single one comes up with a different story. And you think, well, surely if your system worked... <laughs> then that person would have exactly the same system. You've all got different ways of closing (laughs) these Ouija boards. I've only done two Ouija boards in my entire life where we got information that none of us consciously knew and pretty sure we couldn't have known from anywhere and then checked it out and it actually turned out to be correct. But most of it you can sit there and just go, oh, well, you knew that already, or you knew that already, and so on. Even if they weren't touching the glass, you think, well, okay, well, if we're going to believe in this stuff, then I may have somehow read your mind and pushed the glass somewhere. Well, I'm a big fan of them. They're well worth doing, especially mm. if you've got alcohol and you've been watching, uh, <laughs> and been watching horror films. Yeah. What's your, uh, so what are your rules? I haven't got any. None? Okay. <laughs> no, just freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> Just throw a glass on the table. Go on then. What? The human down a pint before. (laughs) The human brain plays uh, puts a lot of (laughs) a lot of belief in ritual. So a lot of these people want the ritual thing because it creates a more of a hypnotic state for you to be in, and then you kind of take it seriously. Whereas if you're all giggling your heads off and going, "This is gibberish, isn't it?" You're not going to come up with anything spooky. So you have these big rituals where people are doing stuff, and if somebody says, "Oh, this is what you have to do," and they do a whole bunch of things in front of you, you've gone, "Oh, okay. Well, he knows what he's doing then." So and you kind of your brain allows you to believe it of course yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that makes up, me want to go to one and be like and everyone's got an extra pair of pants on their head <laughs> <laughs> it leaves a potential paranoia doesn't it as well a, a kind of a, a kind of OCD sort of feeling that maybe you haven't done it correctly yeah. and if you haven't done it correctly it'll follow you home then it could something yeah you could get yeah, like well. a bonus demon coming to follow you home bonus demon like, yeah party bag <laughs> now saying bit this, of cake saying this I have done Ouija boards and interesting things happen around you whilst it's happening not necessarily anything coming through the board but suddenly something will go flying yeah, off the shelf like yeah. my friend did want a mug like a yeah. mug fell off the window so and smashed or something and the idea is that you then have to look at that and go would that mug have fallen off and smashed because they've got the window open and the curtain blew it up and all that kind of stuff and that's when it gets interesting well I find it quite interesting a lot of these rituals or these things do start off as games so there was um, I remember when I was at primary school my friend and I ran around the playground thinking that we were seeing <laughs> I'm not even sure if we knew what we were talking about we'd said Bloody Mary into a mirror <laughs> yeah. several times and we did this in my bathroom at home then in the playground at school like a we week later or something but then I remember distinctly running around the playground at school really freaking out and we were both going she's everywhere she's everywhere she's everywhere and I, to this day I can't remember whether we were seeing anything or whether we were 
actively playing a game and just kind of going, oh, she's everywhere, she's everywhere, she's everywhere. Um, and, but we got quite a few other people at school kind of being like, oh, I can see her as well. And I think by the end of the game, we were like, really? Are you, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're mucking but about. You could have created a, a mass school panic. With yeah. and, 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 uh, school closed down. There's a lady um, in the school with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a lot of them happening and they happen a lot. Uh, in Japan, you get quite a few of them. Uh, a demon has possessed the toilet and everybody goes in there and uses it suddenly is ill within a week mm. uh, and they're all collapsing and they're all seeing the same things and even going back to Salem I mean that's certainly a bunch of kids all started seeing the same things because one person says I saw this I saw this yeah there's a distinct possibility you are genuinely seeing it doesn't mean there's anything there but you have created this thing so much everyone, so yeah. that you're starting to yeah, yeah. we we um I am 90% sure that we didn't even complete because I distinctly remember being in in my bathroom in my childhood home and I distinctly remember saying Bloody Mary once but I am 90% sure we never even said it (laughs) enough times because I think we were too scared but I think we just decided well we'll say it once and then we'll just start seeing her we'll just we'll just do it that way and then I watched the film The Candyman and realised I was saying the wrong thing into the mirror anyway I was supposed to be saying Candyman but it it does interest me that a lot of these things start off as children's games when you go back to their origin and then all of a sudden there's something well if you're going back to their origin quite often they're not children's games they've become children's games from something else that's happened Ah. and so you've had the spooky thing happen and it's become in the same way that fairy tales are horrible stories they're really (laughs) nasty horror stories that became children's stories and so a lot of that sort of becomes the kids version of something Uh, in some form of warning don't do this because yeah like a moral or something yeah Mm. yeah. or a fable there there was a great one in Ireland of people seeing a BVM Blessed Virgin Mary sightings Uh. and a statue it's brilliant because they actually it got so famous that a film crew went and saw it so you've got a load of people that are already hyped up they're ready to believe this Blessed Virgin Mary statue that was on the side of a hill was moving and the film crew went and filmed it and it, it's brilliant I don't know if you can see the footage out there it's quite old and they're filming the crowd and they're going oh, she's moving she's moving and according to all the witnesses who are all hyped up they're all waiting and ready to believe in this thing they, they can say that the Virgin Mary is doing this like, and I can't explain this obviously because we're on a recording <laughs> where it's moving from side to side in a gentle swaying motion and they interviewed all these people saying that and they're all huge believers and they're all there to see a miracle and then and the film crew sort of pans out a bit and you see the entire crowd just gently swaying staring at a statue that's about 200 metres away but their brains are so hyped up and ready to see it they're getting that positive oh, belief or whatever yeah. you know, feedback and seeing exactly what they thought they were going to yeah. be seeing even it's, though it's not happening I mean the, the harder you stare at something the harder it is for it yeah. to sort of remain in focus in a weird <laughs> way and I've, I've certainly been on sort of amateur ghost hunts where we've just gone out and like you know to a you were we're staying in a creepy place you know and um, we're like right we'll all go and sit in this room in the dark and people stare into the dark and you know gradually people certain people start to see things and then the person next to them kind of gets a bit creeped out and they see something like if, if you sit in the dark room and you stare into the dark <laughs> for long enough it's amazing how many exciting things you can see because your eyes will start to do kind of all sorts of crazy well, things and, and that's the theory behind Candyman and Bloody Mary yeah. that you and once to, you turn the yeah. light off your brain starts creating uh, it creates images it tries to see whatever it can this is an experiment we're going to do on GIMP over here Um, (laughs) on a thing called scrying I will be taking you to a castle uh, that's haunted (laughs) actually we're going to be doing the theatre as well and what you do is you stare into a mirror and the idea is in a low light (laughs) and you will see your face change and the idea is you're supposed to channel spirits around you their face will appear 
in where your face is. If you're really lucky, you will start seeing the mouth move as though it's talking to you. Um, oh, and then you've got to try and lip read. But if you're really lucky, you will just start speaking whatever it is that it's saying to you. Ancient right? Greek. Um, <laughs> and, and I've seen it work on a lot. And this is a, it's a low light thing. As you say, when the lights mm. are off, your brain starts trying to see stuff. And it will, it doesn't matter whether you believe in ghosts or not, it will work. It does work. You will look at this thing for long enough, your face will just change. You, quite a lot of people say the, fa- the head just disappears and another head comes back that looks different so it is an experiment we're going to be doing I mean, this sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, St. Revel's Castle uh, we'll do an investigation there and the Playhouse Theatre are very good places to for for this experiment Fantastic. I haven't been to the castle but the play, Playhouse is proper creepy, creepy mate creepy. proper creepy well if we want to I can move on to the Playhouse Theatre Oh, I think we absolutely seamless. lovely. That was seamless. seamless. If it wasn't for the seam we just put in there, that was seamless, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, well, the Playhouse Theatre. We're going to Cheltenham again, and I'm talking about the Playhouse Theatre partly because it's to do with the Cheltenham Paranormal Festival, which is in we're broadcasting, broadcasting, we're recording <laughs> in 2017. We are looking at the end of September. And there's some ghost hunts that we'll be doing there, something like the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Well, we'll be doing a lot of these experiments where you can experiment on Ghost Gimp. Um, <laughs> Vote now for yeah, a donation. You want to do Ghost Gimp? <laughs> uh, but anyway. This theatre, <laughs> the Playhouse Theatre. <laughs> um, we'll be doing a scrying experiment now, and I won't go into what actually happens during the scrying experiments because we will be doing them there, and I don't want to influence what people see. But one of the famous ghosties there, something you could see if you're a member of the audience. So this is something, book a ticket, go and see a show, and uh, it's quite a cheap, inexpensive, let's say, theatre, and one of the ghosts has been seen by the audience during actual productions, and people have said, oh, I love the show, it's fantastic, didn't understand why that girl walked on and just stood next to the stage and then walked off again, and they're all going, what? girl there was no girl here uh, I have no idea what you're talking about uh, various times that's been seen it's been seen by stage managers as well on stage where they've just looked at each and sort of turned around and gone why is that girl standing backstage and then gone hang on who the hell is that and they turn back around again nobody there so if you from, from a tourist point of view go and sit in the theatre get a ticket get there nice and early and hope that you actually see random people walking onto stage and then walking off again also if you're in the auditorium the balconies of that theatre ha- and I've seen this one uh, a strange misty figure so if you're sat in the auditorium the balcony on the right hand side your right hand side as you're staring at the stage I've seen a, a weird sort of misty figure just stood up there near the follow spot lights and many many people have seen, I've seen that one you've seen that one yeah, yes because yeah, I thought it was Alex I thought Alex yes. was up there and then he came kind of From to the side else. of me and I <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. I'm just unsettled knowing that I have sat there for the duration of a show that I, I was I, running no, I the sound for. I won't go up there. I won't go up there. What? Well, the, no. the, the other balcony. The other balcony. Um, oh my goodness, I had to go me. into the theatre to talk to the manager. They said, oh, he's in the theatre, in the auditorium. So I walked in. And as I walked in, you walk underneath that the, the left-hand balcony. And I heard somebody walk above my head. So I started saying, ah, Paul, uh, I've just been sitting there. They said you're in. I kept talking and then looked up and I realised there was nobody up there. Could still hear the footsteps walking and yet nobody up there at all. So that's three ghosts that you can see at the Playhouse Theatre just by sitting in the theatre before a show starts. Other people in the theatre may object if you're there going, will you all shut up? I'm trying to do an investigation in here. I've only got 20 minutes before the curtains open. But the the rest of the Playhouse, I mean, there's phenomenal. I won't go 
go into too much, but um, the girl, because this one's now out there in the public, on the internet somewhere, the girl is quite possibly a girl who died, and they finally found out her name, and I won't give that away just yet. It used to be a swimming pool, the whole theatre. So the auditorium, you could still technically flood with water and go swimming in there. So everyone thinks, oh, she must have drowned. Not true. What happened was, when it wasn't being used as a swimming pool, they used to cover up the pool with wooden boards, and it would be a gym. So there was a big vaulting horse in there, and people doing whatever. And this girl was, I've been told, was cycling around the outside of the swimming pool bit, and crashed into a vaulting horse, which fell over and crushed her to death. They think that is the girl. This story only came to light a couple of years ago um so if anybody was going to come up with a story you generally think somebody drowned in the swimming pool or whatever but the age of the girl that's seen seems to correspond with the the girl that died in the actual building at the time which makes it more impressive i think uh, wow. whereas if, if you knew about the story before you went in there and started seeing a girl then you kind of think oh well i was expecting to see yeah. that um no one's expecting to see this young girl appear on stage it is it, it's a very creepy place I mean, sam you haven't been in there have you no um it is it is very creepy and you can go down into exactly yeah well if you the, come to the, the ghost the hunts we take people under the stage steps. yeah it's, it's very where there are a couple of coffins as well under there oh my goodness <laughs> one of which we do ouija boards on empty <laughs> <laughs> but there's um the, that's not the only death there's been quite a few deaths and suicides and things in the building i, I, say I don't want to give too much away because hopefully several people will be coming to join us on a ghost hunt there, to learn but, all about yeah. it but there are ghosts all over the entire building and even ones that are non-visible as I said, I heard the footsteps. A friend of mine, her and her husband, were locking the theatre up at about two o'clock in the morning. They've just finished the shows, done the get out and so on. And so they went round the building. And as you do, you have to. there's a particular route you take round the building, locking each door behind you. And then you leave via one particular door. And that way, you know, everything's locked. And so they're just about to go out of their fire exit door. And they said, well, we'll just do one quick check. Go in the auditorium. And they walked in. They said, uh, they got into the auditorium and they said, right, come on then. Anyone in here? We're locking up. Jokingly, knowing that they're the only two people in there. And they said, both said they heard get out <laughs> oh. at which point they did <laughs> very very rapidly wow. as tourists you won't be allowed Saturday. I was literally about to say are you forward in there yeah oh. I'm going there oh, in fact, you? I'm going you're there. performing there this week yeah it's Saturday and I'm going there tomorrow night for our uh, tech oh, and Friday for the, Friday night for the dress but I'll be quitting that show. Um. <laughs> well, the dressing rooms are all haunted. The main auditorium is haunted. The workshops are haunted. The uh, <laughs> There's an upstairs room, isn't there? Up, yeah, yeah. Up, those up, are uh, the yeah, stone stairs. But even to get to those upstairs rooms, you're going up a haunted staircase as yeah. well. So it's a phenomenal building with at least, I think it's seven deaths in the building. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. But we filmed, um, I will give a spoiler to a TV show we filmed there that should be being broadcast pretty soon and um if you know theaters at all you know you're not allowed to use naked flames sorry so there's a big gap between naked not allowed to use naked, naked. insert your own <laughs> name uh, <laughs> uh, naked flames in the theater and you have these special candles that are battery operated and so on but we were filming there and there was Ian Lawman from uh, anyone who watches Most Haunted will know he did a couple of series of Most Haunted mm -hmm. and so there was him and a couple of other paranormal investigators and myself and the TV presenter sat around this table and they said do you mind if we use candles and we said well you're going to have to check with the theatre manager thankfully the theatre manager happened to be there so they went out and checked with him they went yeah yeah not a problem so we sent one of the runners into town <laughs> and to Poundland to find some candles from somewhere and he came back he said the only candles I could get were these and he pulled out a bag 
bag of 50 tea light uh. candles that were bubblegum flavoured. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a birthday candle. <laughs> it was. May as well have been. So we had these bright red uh, little tea light candles, lit them all, and the whole place just smelt of bubblegum. Um, that made it hard enough, but we all got our hands on this table, sat on the stage, um, and it's used as a cinema as well. So we've got this bright white screen behind us. So it was, it was reflecting a fair bit of light. And we sat there for a while, and Ian starts chatting away to the, the spirits in the room, and the table starts moving. You could feel the energy sort of building up in this table and it was starting to move slowly and then it started moving quite a bit to the extent that we had to stand up as this table was moving around the stage the table then lifted up flew kind of sideways and all the candles by which time we've now got 50 molten red candles <laughs> right on this table went sliding off the table as the table started flying towards the bright white cinema screen that was going to be projecting a film in seven hours time <laughs> thankfully not a single bit of wax ended up on the screen but the floor was was just covered in this bright red wax. It was like somebody had been murdered on stage. It was this huge <laughs> expanse of red everywhere. And it's a brilliant footage. And I haven't seen the program yet, but it's out very, very soon. And I went up to the theatre manager. I said, well, very good news and some very not good news. I said, you have got the best episode in this series right, of stuff that happened. But do you have something like a paint scraper or something like that I could borrow for the next couple of hours? <laughs> and we spent an hour on our hands and he's scraping sort of semi-warm <laughs> molten wax off of this stage so that it could be used in about six, six or seven hours' time. Look on the internet. It's there somewhere. I think it's a TV show called Ghost Chasers. I think it's been broadcast already online, uh, but it was made for European companies, so I know it's been broadcast on Sky at the moment. But yes, come and join us at the Playhouse and, uh, and levitate battery-operated candles because we're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Some interesting stuff there. But I think that's that's about it for um, for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for being part of the Paranormal Tourist, being one of our listeners. All that really remains is to say bye for now. So it's bye from me. It's bye from... Me? <laughs> it's bye from... Someone else. And it's bye from... Him. <laughs> we look forward to chatting at you next time. Goodbye. Bye for now. Goodbye. See you later. Bye bye.